Okay, thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you, and Zoom lady. <laughs> Miss Zoom. Miss Zoom. Zoom lady. Zoom lady. Zoom lady land. Is it like Siri where we can choose different voices? I feel like that's such a basic robotic. I would voice. love to hear Adam Sandler's version of Zoom Lady. Oh, like the Hanukkah song type thing? <laughs> no, remember Lunch Lady? Oh, yeah. I can hear it in my head right now when you say it. It's like, ooh, we're yeah. morning, Lunch Lady Man. Zoom Lady. Shabadoo. <laughs> <laughs> We can't start with that. We can't start with lunch lady. I got to come back to center. Ooh, all I thought about was him singing about building a sandwich and making it sound so, so cool. Here at lunch lady land. Oh, <laughs> so good. All right. We are in zoom lady land and yeah. uh, the three amigos are back. <clears throat> Talking about some disagreement. I disagree. Well, it's a great way to start. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> so uh, before the call, we were talking a little bit about what sort of stuff we would discuss. And actually that, that last point you were bringing up, James, I thought would actually might not be a bad way for us to even start off okay. here in terms yeah. of uh, the intentions. Yeah. The intentions and getting into a disagreement. Um, so you know, we, we've talked in the past on previous episodes. And by the way, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, really good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. For some reason, it's like, you know how usually if someone's speaking, it'll highlight? Oh, yes. Yeah. The Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, it's not doing that. But okay. As long as you guys oh. are hearing me. It no, you're good. Um, so we've talked about um, Aristotle before and this notion of, you know, how he talks about a virtue as a mean between two different extremes um, where one is an extreme of excess and the other is an extreme of deficiency. So when we think about disagreement, I think a helpful way to think about it related to that point of like, why are we even doing this in the first place? Why are we even discussing disagreement? Why would someone enter into a disagreement? On the vice of excess side, you might say disagreeing just for the sake of disagreeing is not a good thing. Mm -hmm. And that, 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 that can be, you know, one of, I, I think, a fair criticism of philosophy sometimes is that, um, you know, there can be disagreement just for disagreement's sake. But on the vice of deficiency side, of course, there's the, well, different strokes for different folks. You believe what you believe and I believe what I believe. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't want to get uncomfortable. You don't want to say anything. You're afraid to stick up for yourself. And then the mean between it, you know, I, I don't know that I can characterize it perfectly, but just thinking about like, some of the reasons like, why would someone who's doing it in a virtuous way disagree with someone? Well, um, if they think there's something important that needs to be stuck up for something that they believe deeply, uh, they believe someone else might come to harm. Um, even if it's not physical harm, could be mental and emotional harm. Uh, if they feel like they're spreading misinformation, um, and then just trying to clarify things. I think another way you could enter into disagreement is uh, maybe it's someone you, maybe it's not even harm or misinformation. It's just someone you admire and respect who's similarly well-educated and the question is just unresolved. You just don't know. And you're like, hey, 
you know, let's, uh, let's hit some points back and forth. And I'm just, I'm just curious, like I'm learning from this as I go through. So those are just some initial thoughts off the bat of, of why someone would even enter into this project of disagreement in, in the first place. And I think that might be a good place to start off. Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking about, um, as you said there, you know, what is the cognitive uh, repertoires of the people that are listening to? I think that has to be, that has to be taken into consideration. I don't know why I thought about this though, but it's like, it's the, uh, you know, possible uh, uh, disagreement that can occur uh, between adults with children in the room on the concept of God or on the concept of evolution or creation. Right. So I think it, I think it does matter. It does matter. Maybe. And I don't know if that's coloring the version of which side we move to here, Robbie on that, like excess deficiency of that, but I think that does matter. And I don't know if that word that I would use there is context. So I, I don't know if it's context in terms of like who's in the room, who, who's listening to this. I just thought, I thought right away, I think the cognitive ability of the people listening does have to be taken into consideration. So there's almost like a third peg uh, of, of maybe that, that sure, you could, you could disagree, but if you're just going back and forth yet, your audience can't even understand. So they're like sold on one way alone because they just don't have the cognitive ability to like get to the other parts. I think the disagreeers are at fault because they're, they're not even taking into consideration what, you know, where that audience comes from. And I took the, of course, the more challenging angle of a young mind, right. Uh, for, for big, big things, big topics, right. Um, on that, that, that middle ground, let's say between imagination and mystery to color, what I was discussing, right. Imagination and mystery and the development of moral codes and values and how to live a life, you know, maybe we can all agree that it's okay at a younger mind to kind of be open-minded to that, to that concept. Right. And I'm not saying that that's would be, that would be my line of thinking, but any, any, uh, would that be an addition to what you had said or does that raise uh, other things? No, no, I, I, no, I think that's a, it's, it's a good point. And I think it goes back to like, I think the first three reasons I mentioned why someone might have a virtuous disagreement play into that. where like, you're trying to stick up for some point. You think there's misinformation and, or someone might come to mental or emotional harm that is specifically for the public. Mm. Now there are deeper conversations, you know, that, um, we can talk about, and we were, you know, you were mentioning earlier the notion of like famous disagreements, you know, Newton versus Leibniz or Hume versus Kant. We're like, yeah. we're not trying to get this to the public, right? Like we're talking about, like, we're trying to get to the nature of space and whether anyone understands it or not, like yeah, much the worse for that. Like maybe at some point someone can do a good job of expounding it, but you know, I, I do think for a lot of, but I do think for a lot of public disagreements, whether it's um, you know, evolution versus creation or any one of a number of, you know, other hot button issues, that notion of taking the, the context to the people listening into account is, is important. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, and is that, is that why you were taking that, um, um, uh, my point that I made and I saw it in the notes there of how, of what my version was to get to that agreement was the public square because inside the public square of that live time, idea. Uh, I think the reason why I came up with that was that it would allow this, like this opportunity for you to feel the, the, the capability of the audience to comprehend what you're discussing. Right. 
So I wasn't mentioning it to say that things don't come to an agreement wholly, you know, not in place, but I was saying it based upon my mentioning there that, that uh, it's really good for you to look out to an audience and to see if they're like already clouded over, right? That it's like, where should I start with this, uh, this idea, you know, because <clears throat> then it in involves aspects of <clears throat> influence and, and whether that's authority, uh, a scarcity, uh, liking reciprocity, you can use all different forms to influence the audience to kind of quote unquote, not coerce, but persuade. But you see, I did that because I recognized who I was speaking to in that public square. And so that's why I was mentioning the public square right? and saying like, get up on stage, uh, you know, high bar, low bar, public. Let's, let's have it, you know, let's have the conversation. So that's where I was. Is that why Robbie, you thought that, uh, or were, were you using the example of, uh, of those other, uh, and by the way, you used some pretty big names there. Uh, so I was, <laughs> I was well, I, I, struck so, by the, the depth of those arguments that occurred not knowingly. Um, in that, so I mean, fascinating. you know, that, that's, that's partly, I mean, that's what I think will be interesting today is like part of the reason you might disagree or just even have a conversation with someone is getting to the nature of like, what is it exactly that you're trying to say? Like try and understand. So the way I initially had interpreted it. And again, this is where like, whenever you're discussing with someone, making sure that you understand what they're saying correctly and not just assuming, but we had asked last time something to the effect of what is the best or most ideal way to disagree? We, we were discussing that <clears throat> and you seem to put forward the idea. Well, the best or most ideal way to disagree is something like two people discussing something and then in, in, in person and in public people being able to say yay or nay. Um, now on one conception of disagreement where maybe we are trying to sway public policy or to properly inform the public in one way or another, that very well may be the case. Um, but what I was trying to bring up with those other potential examples of, you know, uh, Newton versus Kant or Descartes versus Spinoza or any one of our number of people is that some of the biggest disagreements in intellectual history were not um, either in public. Uh, they were time asynchronous in the sense of like someone wrote a book, someone else read the book. Most of these people never met in person. Um, so just, just saying like trying to get at the nature of like, what is the best way to disagree? Like if, if we were talking about the truth of space, time, consciousness, like do we need the public to be there? Would the public even have a sense of what's going on? Even if they were there, would they, you know, <laughs> I'm sure at various points in time, even today, if you had a debate on evolution versus creation and you took a vote, you might not like the results. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it yeah. all depends on like what it is we're trying to do with the disagreement. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where, yeah, this is why I, uh, I had the slip up. I think it's because I'm biased to uh, modernity's concept of communication that's what I'm biased to. And I see that people think you can communicate and have relationships in a virtual world. And I see a lot of feudalism in that concept. And so that's why I'm really heavy on the idea of moving away from the time-tested tradition of the reality of the emotion and the visceral reactions that happen in that public square, in that room. There's so many opportunity for people to be pseudo-intellectuals, you know, neo-intellectuals today, right? 
and never leave their fucking phone, right? And never leave their phone and have impact and make points of what they consider to be the right way in fitness. So, but this is my point that would never come to, uh, you would never come to an agreement in that category. And so I do appreciate geography and time, right? Like maybe these big thinkers, you know, could never have met based upon being across an ocean, you know, or, but, but today, but that's not modern times, right? So in modern times, I'm just, you know, laying my cards on the table. I'm probably just biased because of the pervasive, you know, fantasy land of disagreement. And it's just fucking noise. It's just a whole lot of noise and nothing, you know, and that's, I think why I landed Robbie with like, just get in a room, you know, and you're together with someone else and a bunch of people and, uh, and go for it. Um, no, and I, I mean, I, I, def I definitely think there are, there are virtues to that. And I mean, you know, we, we've all in one way or another dealt with online trolls and people who hide behind, you know, pseudonyms and have, you know, their bots or whatever, and just trying to, you know, see the world burn. And there definitely is that danger, but, but part of this, I mean, in this discussion, I, I do, cause I, I genuinely have a question about it. And I feel like this is something that has been discussed. Like we think, you know, zoom and Instagram and all this stuff. I mean, it is new and modern, but like Socrates and Plato were discussing this exact thing in like a different realm, right? Like Socrates was very much a fan of like in-person dialogue, in-person questioning back and forth, that dynamic aspect of like, I ask you a question, you give me a response. The only reason we even know about Socrates is because of technology, Plato, right? Writing down in a book, which there was this criticism of live form debate of like, well, in a book, you can't get the live form, right? You can't get the, so, but I, but related to that, I do have this question of like, well, yeah, there are all these downsides to, you know, virtual, uh, you know, trolls and whatnot and different things, but you know, there are upsides too. Like we wouldn't be having this discussion right now. Like, oh yeah, do you know what I mean? So there, there, are, I, I, I wonder back and forth about like the the pros and cons, the virtues and the vices of like, yeah, it's technology, and yeah, there's shitty things that come along with it for disagreement, uh, you know, and flame wars and trolls and. Uh, haters, but I, but I do think just like the invention of the book or writing or literacy, uh, there is some value in connection to people that you literally could not have ever seen. The only reason we can even read Plato or Descartes or anyone is because of, you know, books and writing and all that stuff. So just questions I have about like how virtuous or vicious is technology in helping us to come to better agreements or more rational disagreements, I guess. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I see that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the balance in it, but I, I think I'm just personally swayed, you know, from, uh, from what you had mentioned of all the negative consequences of that, uh, of the newest technology. And, um, I couldn't, I couldn't help but giggle a little bit as you, you said Plato and it, I first came to mind of books and I mean, how many people are willing to read, um, like, uh, I don't know, just a couple of ones that I kind of, you know, are um, antithetical to one another. Um, Signature in the Cell by Thomas Meyer, who is an um, intelligent design uh, conceptual conceptual individual, uh, uh, teleological or theleological approach, and, um, you know, Behave or Guns, German Steel, you know, Sapolsky and Jared Diamond going through this, you know, uh, so my whole point being there is that how many people are doing the long form version of coming to an agreement on a particular thing, you know, and I don't think even, and that's why, you know, and, and, you know, so wh why not, why not? Because there's a 30 second clip, right. There's a 30 second clip and there's like an opportunity for, 
you just get like a 30 second clip of something and it uh, whoever can jump on one another faster through whatever seemed as being more intellectual seems to be the winner in this quote unquote disagreement. Um, and that's why, again, I just go back to being in place, seeing it, you know, seeing it live time and really getting something from it. And also, like I mentioned last time on our last show, um, I've been in person where I have been actually transformed. You know, I, I, I felt it in my body and I knew it in my mind, right? Where I listened to someone speak about something so clearly that I never took an opportunity to listen to either through reading a book or, you know, longer form. And it really did make me rethink everything that I actually thought was a truth in a particular area. Right. So, but that happened in person. Oh yeah. Me too. I mean, I've, I've been to tons of talks and philosophy colloquia um, where that's been tremendously beneficial uh, just trying to, I guess, get at the point that like, that is a form of disagreement with one particular purpose. Yeah. Um, and technology can amplify that, right? Like, I, you know, I'm not going to get to see colloquia like my undergrad location anymore because I don't live, you do you know what I mean? Like yeah. now we can see recordings and yeah, it's not exactly yeah. the same the exchange of ideas and different things like that. And yeah. um, so, <clears throat> B, you have any, you have any thoughts one way or the other on, I know yeah. you know, this yeah, before just, about like technology and trolls and stuff like that, but. Yeah, just listening and thinking. And I love, I love the idea of a beautiful in-person formal disagreement that is long form and nobody's rushed and we're not worrying that it has to be 60 seconds for an Instagram reel. Right. Um, and you know, it's everything seems so far removed, uh, now from that actual thing in disagreements, you know, there's, uh, you know, hidden intentions and it's easier to hide intentions through most of the ways people are disagreeing now. Um, you know, so yeah, people going through with different intentions and, um, you know, not following this. Nobody talked about everyone being in the same cognitive realm here. And the same thing is like, oh, I understand how an agreement works, you know, point, counterpoint, you know, all of that. But I, that's, I'm not even sure how well that's taught uh, to most people leading up through that. So maybe that's something that's, you know, like in this future where everyone's having amazing disagreements and, and amazing discussion, uh, it's just mandatory to have to learn that that is the way it goes, right? Um, but I just don't think you're going to see it until, no, you have to start philosophy in kindergarten. You know, um, I had a conversation, I asked that of you, my son, I was like, Hey, where's some good books for philosophy for kids. And then I, I downloaded a few of them and we kind of went through a little bit of it as well too. Um, cause I, I, uh, you know, over the past few years, I've learned a lot from you having a lot of good disagreements. And I've even brought myself back to disagreements where I'm like, oh, I didn't disagree with him very well on that one. Mm. You know, um, now that we're having these conversations, it's like, yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. So yeah, uh, this beautiful version of it, but yeah, the social media right now certainly isn't helping anything. Um, and I don't think it's going to correct itself at any time soon. Uh, so what's, what's the, uh, you know, what's the answer? Just pick and choose the fights with the people who, who know how to disagree beautifully, or uh, do you just keep banging your head against the wall um, with people that you may need to disagree with? I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's where, yeah, that's, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's a great conversation. I'm not trying to edge us into talking about intentions and start, but uh, we could probably, could we all agree that uh, it's definitely a challenge. There's a big challenge. Um, a massive challenge in trying to 
you know, uh, uh, let's call it the optimal pathway to come to an agreement on really important things in fitness today. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree with that. I, I think, you know, maybe where there's a slight source of disagreement and, you know, it all just kind of depends on your lens of stuff. I, I, I see again, reflections of this, like Socrates and the sophists, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like this stuff is, this isn't like just today where people are trying to like mm-hmm. uh, spin shit and, you know, make silly arguments that, you know, okay. get them more money. Like this, this is a, this is a multi thousand year old, um thing and yeah i think it gets amplified today in bad ways but i do think it gets amplified in good ways i think there are a lot of ideas and perspectives and knowledge that we just wouldn't have access to uh were it not for uh technology so i you know i I, again i've definitely been on the receiving end of trolls and the not not good side of um technology but I, i do think there's a lot that it it brings to the table in terms of conversations and knowledge and uh disagreements that i think can potentially be beneficial so Mm -hmm. And maybe uh, over time, uh, that gap is closed. You know, um, I don't know what that's going to look like, but uh, maybe the gap is closed where it gets as close as close as possible to, you know, that I called it visceral, visceral thing um, in a public square. And um, uh, but I would agree with Brandon that it, there's no things, in my opinion, that are pointing towards that getting more and more. I think it's definitely a trajectory towards moving closer to your home in your office away from everyone else. And I just think that there's going to be a lot of problems with that, especially if we want to, you know, promote, well, personally in my business, we want to promote like in-person human relationships, touching conversation, argument, debate, et cetera. And all the great things that we get from that. It doesn't mean that those other things are not going to be a part of it. I just, I just can't see it uh, always being a balancer right now, but that's, that's all. Makes sense. Yeah, that's just think how quickly all of these platforms to disagree on. Um, I mean, I guess we, if we could all agree that in person is the way to go, and there we go, and like that's it. That's how we disagree, right? Through that, or at least through Zoom. But technology, we, you know, you talked about books, you know, moving up, and then people disagreeing via, you know, via via, and then books were were quite a mainstay for a long time. And now something's around for about three months before the next thing's out. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Discord, boom, 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 boom. And now there's a new platform to disagree on. And you have to follow the rules of the platform as well, too. Do you think that's going to, you know, where is that going to level out? Where is that going to say like, okay, this is, this, we have a disagreement platform. Maybe we need to develop it. You know, there's yeah. an app, boom, app idea. Someone yeah. get out there, make a disagreement platform, you know? Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I, I think that's a good point. I think though there we would need to make a distinction between um, more broadly like intellectual disagreement and like public disagreement, right? So like mm-hmm. even with all these, I mean, even today with TikTok and you know Facebook and Twitter and what have you, like people in academia aren't, I mean, maybe they're having some like small debates back and forth, but it's usually books and articles and stuff like that they're debating back and forth um, between and even with, you know, Descartes and Newton and stuff like that, there was kind of like the level of, you know, someone has studied this and they're going back and forth with people. And then maybe the level of, I guess at that time, like the public square. So um, I, I, I see what you're saying. And I, I agree that like at the level of like <laughs> TikTok isn't designed for intellectual discourse, right? It's, it's an entertainment venue that there like, <laughs> that, uh, you know, sometimes someone will do like a, uh, you know, anti-vax or eviscerated or something like that. We're like, you know, a nurse hops on and like point by point by point, like 
does something like that but uh it's an it's an entertainment medium uh generally speaking whereas like still even today there's a lot of intellectual disagreements within particular areas like physics or philosophy or what have you that are taking place in journals and conferences and books and stuff like that and not with the 30 second intention span of like the that back and forth yeah i think you mentioned that broad intellectual disagreement and before if you know it was hard to actually have that disagreement you i mean now public and most people can pull themselves up to the point of these intellectuals and be seen as almost similars when in fact they're not right so that's where i see like the the you've got public disagreement and then you've got actual intellectual disagreement and i think there's a like there's a big confusion of where where and when and how these things can take place and this person who has you know 20 million followers is seen as as a higher authority figure than this intellectual person and then what do you you know if we're talking just intellectual uh, disagreements in general then we've got those this disparities across that no i think that's a i think that's a very good point i think i mean if we were listing out like the benefits and drawbacks of technology like uh and different things it can lead to like yeah in leibniz's time like you weren't gonna have one public person who like appears in such a way that um you know, he's more, he or she is more broadly intellectual than this particular person. But, you know, today, you know, with someone having 20 million followers, it can seem as if someone has familiarity with a particular uh, subject when in fact they don't, and then give rise to confusion when it comes to certain um, disagreements, whether it's in fitness or something else. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, we're, well, I think fitness, you know, (laughs) I, I think there's, I don't think there is uh, a difference in intellectual discourse and public discourse in fitness today. I don't think there is fitness intellectuals. So I'll just start with that statement. Um, and then therefore, if that is the case, or that's my, my presumption, um, then, you know, the things that we just mentioned about you saying, Robbie, there's intellectual levels and then there's public levels. I agree with you in other well-established, well-respected concepts of, you know, epistemology of each of those things. Right. But so, yeah, so, <laughs> so I'm, there's I'm just, that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, I'm genuinely curious there. Cause I, so, I mean, obviously exercise science is a very um, young area of endeavor, but are we saying that, I don't know, people like Lon Kilgore or uh, others who are, you know, they're not on TikTok debating yeah. it out. Like, you know, they're yeah. in the journals talking about different things related to yeah. um, exercise ph- physiology. Are we saying that there's not a distinction there between the public and? Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not classifying him in fitness. Okay, so where would, yeah. so where would that go? I That's uh, exercise science or uh, physiology, you know, something like that. Okay. Fitness would be all, fitness I'm saying is all encompassing behavior, exercise, nutrition, you know, intentions of movement, mm-hmm. you know, that, and uh, I'm not saying that it's probably not a subset of a bunch of those people, but I'm specifically not classifying those people in it. The whole other conversation for another time, I think they cog the wheel because they virtue signal that all the things they're coming up with are leading to better health, but it's a performance or rehab continuum. That's a whole other conversation for another time. So I'm not, I'm not, so you know, I think the definition of what would be considered if it does, did exist, a fitness intellect was someone who is basically asking the hard questions 
and really having disagreements with others who are asking the hard questions, but their sole purpose is to try to find the biggest, you know, best outcomes for all humans in fitness forever. And that is not happening. That is not happening. There's, you know, I may think in my head, I like sit on the couch and 20 minutes out of, you know, three days of the week, I'm a fitness intellect, but that, that's, that, that's only in my head. Um, and I think it's, it's really well established uh, outside of our profession um, to your point, which I agreed with, there's a classic definition between or demarcation, right? Between public discourse and intellectual discourse. Um, I actually love that. For example, in more recently, I'm not going to go on a tangent here, but in politics, I've just been digging down a hole of that with regards to the public discourse in politics and the intellectual discourse in politics. It's like ranked choice voting and, and, you know, uh, the, 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 anyways, some of the very interesting thought in there, I find that super interesting, but I just don't see that happening a whole ton in fitness. And it's not, it's not a well-accepted notion that there's these like fitness intellects. And then there's these, you know, people who speak to the public uh, based upon maybe some of those, those disagreements that are occurring from the intellects, right. Which is the whole idea of it is to, is to take that and bring it into the public. Um, yeah. Yeah. You said the, biggest and best outcomes for humans in fitness. And when you say like, if you're having conversations around that and involves all humans, who's having the most impact for humans in fitness right now, you know, and it's, it's, I don't, I don't think it's going to be the smaller intellectual discussions, um, you know, that are, that are one-on-one. I think that we're at least we say impact, we say reach, maybe engagement and reach and who, who do people believe? Who are people following? So I think you almost have to drag in those. Yeah, well, the, all of the, all I'm, biased, of the you know, I'm biased in the answer to the question you just asked, right? Uh, I think that whoever that is in the ether out there that is, that is making people come to realize this basic uh, given truth of physical movement, physical sovereignty. So whoever is out there discussing that, I think that is the quote unquote individual's who are the fitness intellects? Who are the ones discussing that particular gro- gross outcome for humans? And so where is that happening? You see, if it's yeah. not even if it's not even happening, it's only like a thought in three of our heads on a Zoom call. That's great. You know, that that's fantastic. But, you know, I'm just saying that I'm putting that lane and I'm comparing it to like physics lane. Right. <laughs> like it's right. man, that's. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely a a gigantic difference there. I, I would, I would totally grant. um, Although, yeah, I mean, I use physics, sorry, sorry, Robbie. And I use physics, Brandon, to your point of like, people are trying to do that in the, like the public square, TikTok Mm -hmm. and Instagram talk about physics and people are like, nah, (laughs) it's not, you're not Feinstein. You know, it's like, this is, you, you know, see how it's like well accepted. You're like, Oh, you know, this is a new thing. This is a new theory. And they're like, nah, no, you can't even, you're not even allowed to say that. Whereas in fitness, a dime a dozen, which basically means, I don't know if it's a Canadian term <laughs> happens every day, right? Like yeah. every day there's someone quasi pseudo intellect on Instagram, <clears throat> throws something into fitness, fitness intellect, right? It's, it's, it's an intellectual conversation. Now, are we really yeah. talking about that? That's where I go. It's like, where we really are talking about that. You know, like, you know, so do avocado, we get... avocado is a vegetable. No, it's, I don't know where you're going with that. It's not a vegetable. 
Do we get a hit list? Sorry, like Robbie, I cut you off. I, I apologize. I, I, I apologize for that. Do you remember your... Uh, I, th I think basically, I, I, was, uh, I think it was basically going to ask, I mean, so on the one hand, you know, I agree or can see where you're going with like, okay, Lon Kilgore and others, like that's not part of the conversation, but then you've just, you kind of cut off the whole premise of there being fitness intellectuals at the knees, right? You're just saying it's, it's social, you know, it's, it's really concerned with like, uh, practicalities and, and things like that. Like there is that distinction in other realms right between like what's theoretically being discussed and what's actually taking place on the ground there is a distinction to be made between for example what gets discussed in political science departments versus what is being done in uh you know actual real lifetime uh politics so i guess i just wonder if it's even theoretically possible to have a fitness intellectual and to your point about like are there people who are talking about broad movement and improving human life um Again, not to shoot anyone down, or just, but just to, I mean, be curious about like who counts and who doesn't. I mean, what would we say about like Ido Portal or Iran, uh, uh, Irwan Lacour, I believe is mm -hmm. how you pronounce his name, mm -hmm. Movnat, and you know Marxists and then stuff like this. Like, um, I, I, yeah, again, it really depends on like how are you, def you know, would they count yeah. as intellectuals? Or are they not? Um, it, it doesn't need to be those names, but you see what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm trying to oh, get yeah. that. Like, is there such a thing? Could there be such a thing? Um, cause if you just say, well, anything ever related to exercise science at the university and the journals and books mm -hmm. is not fitness intellectuals, then what even could count? Yeah, no, I think you gave a couple of names that could be, um, and, uh, is it possible? I guess it might be. Um, I probably don't think it's possible in terms of like gross numbers in comparisons, like other industries, um, for it to be a future in that. And I, I won't pick either of those examples you had given, but um, I, I again go back to because um, you asked in there, well, how do you determine, you know, who decides who is a fitness intellect? I, I think it still comes back to the intentions. And this may now circle us back to the intentions of getting into disagreement. You know, the, the intentions, I think, from those people who what I would call the fitness intellect, if they do exist and if it is. You know, we're, we're doing it for the purposes of the demarcation between intellect and public, public individuals um, are the ones that want that specific outcome, which is, I think, the road to truth through principles. So it's not, and I don't want to use those other examples, that'd be unfair, but there is one out of the named examples you had given where there's a nefarious intention. So the intention looks like it's, oh, we'll just do these things and it's all for good. But now that we know so much, it's all based upon, you know, uh, a different interest. There's a different background interest in it. So you see what I'm saying? I'm, I, think the, I think there has to be some kind of value judgment on their intention of getting into the disagreement before I could honestly tell you, Robbie, that I would consider them a fitness intellect. So does it exist? Yes, it does. Uh, I think maybe the couple of names you had given, I would argue, are in that line of thinking. And that does differentiate them from the Kilgores, right? Um, I should also just take a second to mention that uh, this does not at all, uh, d you know, take away from these people like Kilgore as an example who have contributed an unbelievable amount. It's just the context of this conversation for what we're calling fitness intellectualism. 
if that's a word, and how I'm classifying it. Okay, so I just want to maybe clear on that for that statement because I have taken a lot from that individual, particularly, and it's been a really effective, uh, let's call it contribution to things. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's where I that's where I was going. Sorry, that's where I was going on. You know, leading into I think intentions matter, and I had down. Yeah, we want to we want to question. You know, and I would say uh, I would pause the question: Are we having a disagreement? If this this if this did exist as a possibility in fitness, are we having a disagreement to eventually come to an agreement, or are we? And it's not always an either or. Or are we having a disagreement to? to come up with this road, I call it the road to truth, right? So that you can, you could pull principles from that road to truth. And that's what I, that's why I would get into disagreements, right? And it doesn't, it doesn't make my actions to do that the right way, but I'm just being honest. It's like, I want to get into this disagreement uh, where 20 years ago, I would have got into, got into a disagreement to prove myself right. Do you see the difference in that? Now I yep. want to get into a disagreement to find the truth, right? So uh, I'm not sure what your what your uh, thoughts are on that. You know about the intentions of. So my question is, why why would you get into a disagreement in fitness? What's the intentions? I have some thoughts there, but B, I wanted to see if you had any thoughts. Yeah, I'm just I'm stuck on this this uh, this thing where you talk about you know you were talking about intentions, but like we're having a disagreement, and do these higher level disagreement outcomes even make their way to the front line? You know, uh, these Lon Kilgore and these people have this disagreement. Um, you know, two people disagree that's, with the forest. Did anyone? That's my even point. Get that's yeah. my point. That's my point yeah. that I made on physics, right? But that's why I use physics. It's like it's well, it, I'm not. Not, uh, just by reading Frank, I forget his name, but, uh, you know, inside the physics world, he's known as like the current, you know, godfather, well-accepted concepts of how to, how to take intellectual stuff of physics and how to move it into a book that's like a hundred pages long that the public can read. Do you see that? Yeah. So there's this well-accepted decisions that are made in disagreements of physics to, to your point you were just making on like, you know, Lauren and other people that can come up with that. That's my point. I was saying, what's the intentions? And inside of that, the disagreements, I'm not going to use Lauren, it's unfair, but there's disagreements in that, what I would call a pseudo version of fitness, but it has nothing to do with what I'm calling the outcomes that I want to get out of the disagreement. It's like, all you want to do is grow more muscles and to get leaner. I don't fucking care about growing muscles and getting leaner. Do you see that? And that's where all the disagreement is. And I'm not, I'm not categorizing that, categorizing that inside of fitness. Because to your point, Brandon, it has no fucking carryover, in my opinion, to the public discourse. They okay. think that that's the biggest disagreement. Avocado, fucking seed oil. It's like, that's not a huge disagreement. Like, what's your intentions of the disagreement? And what do you want the outcomes to be? Oh, you don't care about people's long-term health? Then why are we even having the disagreement? That that's where, and that's why I use physics as an example. It was like so strongly agreed upon these things that went back and forth and replication studies of the same shit fucking 600 times, you know, and it's like, no, <laughs> you can't even have this discussion of the fucking seed oil avocado thing. Do you know what I'm saying? But making sense yeah. of that. 
Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. But even I get like, louder, it doesn't mean it makes more sense. Yeah. No, I, I just hear it clear. My- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, I mean, this, yeah, this outcome, or even this, like, you've, you've pushed further into the truth, and now how, I still get stuck on, like, how are, you have to be a part of their conversation to a certain degree in a language that they can understand, um, you know, where they're at, where they're having these conversations. Um, so, or, you know, if 90% of the world doesn't even want to have the conversation that you're having, but you want to make an impact for them, how do we, how do we go about that, right? Yeah, that's why I mentioned uh, opening up about the receiver. Like, who's the receiver of this? You're not taking that into consideration. We're not talking about the, the deepest intentions of why we're having the disagreement. Then what are we doing here? Well, what, 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 do we get, what are we getting from the outcomes of that? So I, th- I think two points to, to say there. So one, James, your question of like, well, why are we getting into a disagreement in the first place? It's not necessarily to come to agreement because that's not always going to be the case, I think. You have to just approach, you know, any disagreement in the spirit of good faith, which just means you're not disagreeing just to disagree and you're not doing it just to uh, prove a point. So I think that's number one. And unlike you were saying before, where you were like, well, I wouldn't say that's better than another. I would. I would. I would say one is more virtuous than the other uh, and the other is not a good way to approach a disagreement. And then, Brandon, to your point, um, I think it's a good one, but I, I do think it comes back to this like, intellectual versus public sphere, like just take an example that we're all familiar with, right? Paleo, okay? Loren Cordain, this starts out uh, not just with Loren Cordain, but others in the intellectual, scientific, exploratory realm. It's not a major item of public discourse. And then there are other people who come along who are popularizers of this idea. So I think in talking about disagreements, like we were saying before with like, there's, there's two types of there might be more than two types, but there are two important types. The first is like just even getting at the truth of the subject, like Newton and Leibniz, just even getting at the truth of space and time, just getting at the truth of what humans should be eating, just getting at the truth, uh, Lon Kilgore, of like how humans should be moving. Okay, have we got that? Or like, do we have some progress with that? Now there's a secondary thing of how do we get that into the public sphere? And, you know, I mean, certainly not for all fitness modalities and certainly not for all nutrition, but like, you know, a lot of Lon Kilgore stuff got, you know, popularized, James, you were saying through, you know, a lot of influenced you, obviously it played a role in, in CrossFit stuff. Obviously paleo uh, came a long way from kind of the research labs and has since morphed. But I think there's this important thing between like, it is an important question. How do we get this stuff down to the public and will they even accept it? But there is this broader and deeper question of like, what is the truth in the first place? whether anyone else can understand it or whether we can properly convey it, we need to get at what is the truth first and then have the discussion about like, how do we even like disseminate it? And I don't think that's discovered yet in fitness in how I see fitness. The truth. Yeah. We go back to our truth episode, right? And you and I left it. I think maybe you have to recollect for me, Robbie, but, uh, there was a number of things that we came up with as possibilities, right. Of like, uh, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants of like complexity theory or adaptation or uh, human potential, you know, but as an example, 
uh, and this is where I maybe maybe I'm incorrect in my statement, but I just don't see a lot of them. And maybe it's only because I don't see a lot of them because I that's only my lens, right? But um, I don't think there's a, you know I don't think there's a lot of agreement, for example, on uh, you know one particular statement would be you know um, exercising um, you know uh, three times a week at a really intense level between 20 to 30 years of age um, can result in a higher amount of orthopedic issues from 60 to 80 years of age. You know, that, that, you know, so there's, there's not even, there's not even, you know, no one even wants to have a conversation and step into that room of the disagreement of that particular like claim or statement, because there's just so much noise to be had and money to be made and things to go on. I'm like, why, why do we even care about the 60 to 80 year old? Uh, aren't we all just doing this to gain muscle and to look good naked? You know, what, what's more thermogenic? You know, I think that's so that's where I would say there's not a lot of truths in fitness that, that maybe I'm incorrect, but I don't think I could get, I don't think, you know, and that kind of stopped me. Cause I was thinking if I got in a room with any, like, let's call it, let's call it anyone who just wanted to have a disagreement. I don't think we can come to some truths to start. Is that a problem or the only, the only main thing I would, the only main thing I would clarify there uh, that I think is really, really important that we did mention in the truth episode is worth bearing in mind here. Truth has zero to do with how many people agree on it. Yeah. Zero to do with, you know, it only takes one Newton, you know, if you ask, people back in Newton's time, like what makes the apple fall, like whether they could describe it correctly or agree with Newton yeah. has no bearing on the truth of like what's actually happening. So yep. uh, agreement and truth are two totally different things. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the main thing I would say there. So I, I do think there are truths. I mean, obviously I think there are certain movements that do a good, a good job of propounding these compared to um, others. And yeah, there, there, I would agree with you that there is probably quite a bit of disagreement on certain foundational things, but that doesn't in any way negate the fact that there are objective truths of the matter about whether it is best to physiologically for a human to do such and such given such and such context. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. But I think it just proves my point that I don't think if, if, if it's only happening in mine, your and Brandon's brain, <laughs> how can we, how can we assume someone's going to understand what we're talking about. If I make that statement on stage, that's the truth, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not because it's not happening or because, you know, there's lots of people have a disagreement with the notion. Um, but, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's only in my head. It's just like, it's just voice, it's language, but it could be a truth. But because no one understands it, I know I recognize that that doesn't mean it's not a truth. But to your point, how are we going to have a how are we going to even start the conversation for two hours if we can't come to that agreement? I think you can still start the conversation. I mean, do we have to back up? Like, okay, okay there's humans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have eyes. Yes. Yeah. You got to make disagreement sexy again. That's what it is. Yeah. It's virtuous disagreements. Well, need to be- well, you see, that's where we can take a sideway tangent here. Um, and I get, I get, I go into the abyss on that one for the, for the noise. I immediately, yeah. just, I just immediately get the meme of walking out of the room, like Homer into the bushes when we get into that one. Cause uh, just, yeah. there's nothing in that for me. Should we have a fitness and philosophy bathing suit wall calendar? 
with like, disagreements <laughs> on it, but us dressed up in bathing suits and furry, furry you know. I've got my camera. Me striking Robbie. a pose. Oh, and, uh, oh god! People will send people will send yes. us money to not have to yeah. see me in any of that. I would. Scene, so. <laughs> Yeah. I would get like circa Kramer's background George Costanza setup going on. That's the way I would do it. A bunch of philosophers in Borat swimsuits. Wow, just... wow. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but like substantively, I, I really do think this is an important point and one like I would I would yeah. probably stick a stake in the ground in and like just like just like I mentioned when we discussed dogmatism about like two people having equally strong positions does not make both equally dogmatic. No, 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 no. Here, the same thing or a similar thing applies, which is it is an absolutely very important question. How is it that we popularize certain ideas, whether in nutrition or fitness or have the discussion, uh, you know, to get this stuff down to the public? Because unlike theoretical physics, where it really doesn't matter if the public understands it, it's nice it's cool. It's a benefit, but it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, mm-hmm. practically for fitness. It does for nutrition. Yeah. It does, yeah. but there are truths of the matter that can be ascertained by fitness intellectuals through research and experience and all the rest of this stuff. And then there's a secondary question of like, how do we best popularize it? But the two are not the same. They're not the same. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. I'm with, I'm, you know, I'm with that. I'm where I'm down with that. So in terms of where to go from here, do you guys have any thoughts on, you know, we had mentioned maybe some specific disagreements to touch on in fitness. I thought an interesting singular disagreement we could potentially touch on would be the one about like um, technology and its relation to like folly and fitness and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm really happy to discuss or go wherever you guys would prefer if you want me to pick, I can do that too, but yeah, I'll get you to pick unless Bren, you have some uh, things you want to point out. Um, I would ask people uh, to get the, uh, or listen to the podcast, Intelligence Squared, the Intelligence Squared debates, um, uh, have an open mind going in because it allows you to recognize the way that they set up conversation of some really either low intense, but really important or very, very high intense, current, culturally important conversation. Um, in, in those areas, I think they do a great job of an example of agreements and disagreements and how they go about coming to some conclusion. And in the end, I always you know, know in my mind the winner in listening to that podcast is always the listener um, because you get to see these points that you never would have thought of. And so anyways, I would say intelligence squared uh, as an app would be, or sorry, not an app, but uh, support that company. I, I, I'm, uh, I should say, I don't make any money off that, but I don't have a link link in bio, but I, uh, I support that group uh, monthly. And uh, listening to William Lane Craig and Christopher Hitchens, the, the classic uh, Notre Dame, I think it was in Notre Dame, actually. I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the, the Notre Dame argument on uh, God, existence, uh, et cetera, it's a, it's a really, I don't know any other way to describe it, but a beautiful conversation. Uh, such great op- opposition, um, lots of humor, really great information, um, but you could, you know, that it is a, that's a really heavy disagreement, but you can get a lot of the principles around how it's done, the respect shown, 
you know, how to, how to raise awareness, how to change. Like, it's just really good. Um, and I just wanted to mention that Frank Wilczek was the fundamentals book that I read. Frank Wilczek okay. is the name, um, really well-respected uh, um, physicist. And listen, if I can read that at my level of it, that was my point I was making of taking something super complex at the intellectual level and bringing it to the public and, and just making it so like, gosh, readable and understandable, right? Where I can take some of those points and talk to my girls about it, right? That's it, like really powerful. Uh, to your last point, Robbie, right? If some of it is just so big that <laughs> to get down in public is really challenging. And, uh, and so I just wanted to make mention of those things that I said I was going to uh, put in the... Uh, put in the uh, reminders of what we just discussed. Now, uh, I just left it open for the next. Yeah, moment. so I mean, I, I, yeah, I think those things are good things for people to check out. And before we leap into the next thing, just, just something to mention that I think is worth mentioning in general um, with regard to disagreement is kind of the, you know, with the William Lane Craig and Christopher Hitchens, like the manner in which it is done, right? I mean, so much of what we see today is like, shouting matches and the other person trying to take the other person's head off and like you know if you go to like dig.com or these other like you know highlight reels of the internet like this person eviscerated the other person but just this notion of like approaching it with respect and deference and like you you know you can still disagree and plant your uh flag in the ground so to speak but like being able to respectfully do it and, and come to some sort of understanding so with that in mind, I actually thought a cool thing for us to go to, because I, I like legitimately, genuinely, like when we're talking about this position, I'm genuinely curious, like Brandon and I have discussed this, like we've both learned a tremendous amount from you on this topic. And like the reason we're even discussing it is because we think you have a lot to say, but like, I, I genuinely have questions about it. So I thought we would kind of go to a potential disagreement, potential because maybe it's not yeah. on the role of technology and fitness. Mm. So as we go through here, I'm going to try to lay out like the steps one would take when one is having a disagreement. So the first thing that's crucially important and not always easy live time when you're discussing with someone, although you can kind of do it, but like sometimes when you have time to reflect or read a book, you can kind of like write it out and premise, premise, conclusion. Like the first and most important thing is like getting a sense of what the person is actually saying, the words that are actually being uttered, what are the claims? Because I would always say to my students, like, it does you no good to attack an uncharitable version of whatever it is you're disagreeing with, right? You're just, you know, making, it's a, this is famously called, uh, you know, kind of a, a scarecrow tactic um, in, in philosophy where you're, you know, you're attacking, why do I say scarecrow? A straw man, straw man, um, sorry. Yeah, straw man argument where you're basically like, you know, propping up this thing that's not really the argument only to attack it when really that's not the argument. So we want to get clear on the argument. So I'm going to lay out what I take to be the argument here mm. with appropriate caveats, and then we can adjust it. So premise one, if P then Q, if barbell back squatting or hypertrophy or snatching or glycolytic training, insert, you know, whichever one you'd like there is not a natural human movement or activity, then it's entirely pointless folly to perform the barbell back squat. Now, as we'll talk about below and we can get clarification on what exactly folly means is really important here. Folly could mean play, but still good to do. It could mean it's entirely pointless, but like that's a crucial piece. Uh, premise two, the barbell back squat is not a natural human movement. Uh, the premise one is a conditional. Premise two is a statement of fact affirming the conditional. 
And then conclusion, therefore the barbell back squat should not be part of our fitness routines. Um, so the first question we have to get at to make sure we're even having a conversation or potential disagreement is, is this a fair characterization of your position, James? Uh, I think so. Um, I just wrote down that the, uh, the change in language I would have there, and I don't know if it may end up in looking like I disagree with that, but um, your first point on uh, it, you know, if it exists and if like people are practicing it, then therefore it must be contributive to this. I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Uh, and I'm using as an example, the, um, the, the back squat is what I would call technology, right? So the back squat is technology that, uh, it, it, but this, this, and this maybe, I don't know if it, if, but if, if people, if individuals understand that it's technology, if they understand it's technology, like it's current technology that's used and they don't dot, 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 finish the sentence with, and also I know it's going to do all these things. Uh, and they don't finish the sentence with that. They like, listen, I understand this is the current technology we use to increase resilience. Then I'm okay with the, even the conversation of the P equals Q, <laughs> but but that, that's never the case, in, in, in my opinion. Uh, most times it's like, oh, the back squat will get this. The back squat does this. The research has shown back squat does this. Therefore, long life, <laughs> all these things, you know, decreased disease, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. But, but I mean, that's, that's really helpful. And that's a good example of like how, if we're engaging in a disagreement, we can get clarification. So yeah. if I'm understanding what you just said there correctly. What's problematic is more what someone's conception is of the barbell back squat. What's, what's mm -hmm. nefarious is if someone doesn't recognize that it's a very modern uh, technology, if they're not aware of the potential uh, harm that could come as a result long-term. Even if they grow muscles and get stronger. Right. This is, this is the, like, it's like, yeah, but James, people are getting stronger and they're growing muscles. It's like, if they do that for 15 years and the whole time they're thinking that the growing of the muscles and getting stronger is going to lead to, I don't know, a better family. I'm saying that that ends up in major issues, major problems because the intention wasn't cleared up. Right. It was a, it's a bait. It's a hoodwinking, <laughs> right? It's a hoodwink. Right. And so do you see how, you know, it's like, Oh, geez, you know, there's so many good things though. In that 15 years, it's like, yeah, but uh, there's got to be some understanding. So yeah, I'm just relaying the point again. There's got to be this deeper understanding of uh, yeah, something more to it and recognizing it's just current, current concept of technology. Okay, that's helpful. And I think as a result, kind of like I figured going into this, there's probably much less disagreement between the three of us than initially thought, but I do, I still do think it's worth the conversation. Mm. Uh, and, and, and Brandon, before I go into validity and sadness, I didn't know if you had any thoughts one way or the other there on anything. No, I'm just, just chewing on that one. You okay. Know. But folly, I noticed you stuck on that word. Um, that's why I use the word folly, right? Cause with folly and using words like folly and a diversion tactic, I use diversion tactic cause it pisses more people off. <laughs> But folly is a great one, but that doesn't discount that you're still going to do the back squat. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, 
back squat is folly. So is fucking soccer with my kids on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? But we do okay. it. We do it. So it includes your, but folly means that it's, it, you're understanding this is all a fucking play. This is all just a game, right? Um, and then, you know, we could definitely talk about like how me and Hannah and Chloe could do other things out in the sun with a ball on grass. <laughs> it's fucking soccer, right? But soccer is folly in that conversation, right? If that, if that makes sense of that. No, that, that's, that's super helpful. And I think like that, I would love, I want to, ha- I mean, we, I think we talked about this last time, like folly, absurdity, existentialism. Like I want to yeah. have a conversation on that topic because the way you just defined it there is a totally different thing, but like you have to admit right off the bat, like when you say, and that's why we clarify things, right. With like diversion tactic or like folly initially does have a pejorative connotation. Like it yeah. does is that it is a little jab, 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 like, that's and that's re- okay. But like politics, that's the reason why I say it. It's the, but, Make but you then getting clear pause. on like, but getting clear on like, oh, well, if we just mean play and diving is play and toe in surfing is play and soccer is play, well, then what's not folly, right? Like yeah. we're all just, yeah. you know, Shakespeare, <laughs> all the world is a stage. And like, so if, but if that's really the case, then it's not really saying that much to say the barbell back squat is folly because not much else is not folly. So like, I think eventually getting a distinction or like deeper thought on like, in order to meaningfully say that something is folly let's say mm-hmm. we have examples of things that are not folly yeah and according to what you just said about folly like well book reading or studying physics or egyptology like those are all kind of folly too mm-hmm. so then we have this deeper question about like what's not folly um yep. and if nothing is not folly then it's not really meaningful to say the back squat is folly so I, yep. but that is that is super helpful to, to clarify things there yep okay so when you are evaluating an argument, there are two checks you need to go through. And I would suggest this order for people. First, check if it's a valid argument. There's all different technical definitions for validity, but here's the most simple, straightforward, most people can understand this meaning. Does the conclusion necessarily follow from the premises? Meaning, if you accept the premises, does the conclusion have to follow? If you accept those premises up there, that I just listed, premise one and two, you have to accept the conclusion on pain of irrationality. So this is, this is a logical argument form. This is, this is a valid argument. Why? Because it has this form, if P then Q, P therefore Q. So, and you can put anything in there. If Ray Charles is blind, the sun is blue. Ray Charles is blind, the sun is blue. That is a valid argument, which I know kind of like melts people's minds when they hear that. <laughs> it doesn't mean you know, valid colloquially means like, oh, correct or good or yay. But valid in philosophy and logic means the form of the argument leads to a conclusion that follows from the premises. That's all it means. And you can have and you can have invalid arguments where the conclusions don't follow from the premises. So for example, if it's raining, the ground is wet. Premise two, the ground is wet. Conclusion, it's raining. No matter what you put in there, it would be an invalid argument because the form of it doesn't work. So the first check you want to do on an argument is, is it valid? Because it's much easier to determine if the form of the argument is correct than it is to determine the truth of the premises. So now that we know that the argument above is a valid argument, good argument form, now we're going to ask, are the premises true? So here's where we can make some headway. So, and, and maybe since we've clarified things a little bit, um, you know, there may not, again, may not be as much of a disagreement, but premise one, let's take premise one and dive deeper. Um, 
its truth is entirely dependent on the then statement. So if we say the back squat is not a natural movement, then we should have a deeper look into why it's part of our fitness routines. Fair enough. I don't think people would disagree with that or most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we say back squat isn't natural, then it should no play part in any health and longevity centered fitness routines. Mm, there's a question, you know, why can't a stationary bike improve aerobic capacity? Uh, and then, you know, if it's the really strong claim, then it should not be an exercise humans engage in at all. Well, that's just, yeah, I think anyone would agree that's probably a step too far. So I think, James, you had clarified your thoughts on this, but any any further thoughts either from James or Brandon on that premise there? Uh, Brandon, if you're queuing up, I'll give you, this will give you a minute here. Um, just, I'm glad you picked on the squat because we just discussed this with our, our uh, gyms call uh, past couple of weeks. We've been... Uh, delving into what is the way that uh, these patterns of movement are maximally expressed in human for a lifetime. And what do they look like trying to connect to their primal background? And this is where I'll land on a squat before I get into any more detail of what we're trying to discuss there, but I'm glad you brought up squat. And this will make at least people open their minds to the conversation on technology, folly, diversions, whatever is that uh, your last point? Yeah, back squats, not contributing to health, you know? Yeah, but you, you, do, you do need to know who's in the room when you ask this question. How natural is it to pick something up of a load that's higher, right? That didn't come from the ground, a load that's higher, to put it on your back, to lower yourself to the ground with your feet flat, spinal line, et cetera, and then to stand back up with it and to do it numerous times. So when you put it in that language, you see how I can, I could language that multiple different ways to end up making sound like it's the stupidest idea possible, right? Now, some of you can never take that jump and think about it, but um, that's, that's where you should go into digging into the particular topic here, back squat, barbells, et cetera, and really try to figure out how can you get as close as possible to the maximal expression of this particular movement? One thing that we landed on, which I'll, I'll stop after this, is in, a, in a, uh, a fully dropped pattern, meaning you're as close to the ground as possible, and you hold that position. That was, in our opinion, the most primal example of the actual pattern, right? you know, if you, and you could look at, I don't know how many different iterations of vocation and labor and work and et cetera. Um, you would have to go through a long, long list to show me where the actual rendering of putting a barbell on your back and lowering down and coming back up and doing it for reps has ever been done in existence, which makes the back barrel back squat, a beautiful example of quote unquote, modern technology but you see how you got to get this really long line of the expression of the squat itself, human wise, and like how it's best done. Right. And you can't attribute all these other great things that scientists will come up with (laughs) from what they've seen in back squats and people doing it. So I don't know if I took it way too far away, but I just wanted to focus on, I'm glad you brought up that point of the, the squat and uh, how I, how do I come up with, the words, right? Like folly of a, of a back squat, right? And I'm hoping I'm giving more color so people can now see, oh, gee, you know, 
you got to go down these deeper lanes of understanding of the movements. I shouldn't say deeper because that sounds like a lot of people can't go there. No, it doesn't take a huge amount of cognitive repertoire. It just takes patience and step back, right? Step back from the NSCA journal and look at human movement. Look at archaeological studies. Look at anthropological stuff. Look at, you know, um, work. What, what are people doing for work from, you know, 400 AD to 2021? And it'll, it'll, you'll start to then like, you know, answer more questions that to your, to your point, both of you, I would assume is the back squat still present inside of that, like virtuous journey in fitness. Yeah. But, <laughs> but what is the intentions of it? And does it make sense for human maximum potential in how it's observed and how it's done? And that's where that super gray nuanced area is of the practicing of it and why I call it, you know, harshly folly or, and technology and trying to get people as close and close to recognizing, like, you know, although you may not need to do it, this stooped, you know, or sorry, this squat pattern and being down by a campfire foraging, et cetera, like that is something that is innate in you. You've been put together to do it. It is going to offer you a host of other things behind besides peristalsis and, and lumbar spinal extension for a period of time. Um, uh, and, uh, and your whole concept, Luis, right. Seeing people in the gym with a barbell on their back. That is, that's like, uh, that's Orwellian, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, it's, it's there, it's current. It doesn't mean that it's really going to connect you to what you think is your, is your long-term ambitions in, uh, in fitness. Sorry, that was lengthy, but it's okay. I have thoughts, but be uh, any, any thoughts there? Yeah, I, I, I keep, I always circle back around and I try to think of James's intentions, you know, the biggest and best outcomes for humans in fitness. And then we're, we're having all these conversations around the natural human movement and that being what's best for people in fitness. Am I right? And then like, but trying to all the while reconcile it with current human behavior, the, the intense friction of like, you know, but this is right, but this is, this is this, that doesn't make it, that doesn't make it, you know, uh, make it right that we're back squatting, mm -hmm. um, you know, but it makes it current and it makes it the thing that's, you know, most likely, right. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. Um, also another fun argument, squatting to full depth versus not squatting to depth because you lose engagement, lose an engagement. <laughs> No, yeah, I mean, this is this was, I mean, getting back to disagreement. This is a good point that Brandon and I were discussing the other day. The and uh, when you should engage versus not. So, you know, Brandon was uh, to keep up our affiliation. We've got to re up on the L one from time to time. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong on the context, Brandon, but basically they were critiquing your squad and saying that it like you didn't have enough strength at the bottom, all this other stuff. But like you knew in the back of your mind, like they weren't there to have an actual disagreement about this stuff about. Yeah. They're there to punch the clock. They're there to, Hey, nine things. Here's what we're going to do. And, oh, uh, nine? you I know, mean, I, on, grow. Yeah. 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 Right. It's just nine. Actually. I don't know if you knew this just nine, but you know, here, uh, I think it's a strength thing says the coach, um, and grab this medicine ball, do a <laughs> counterbalance squat, says do a counterbalance coach. squat. Yeah. Let go of the medicine ball. And without me uh, letting me offer up this rebuttal, you, do you see how you were more upright in a counterbalance squat 
ergo not motor control, not flexibility, you, it was strength. It was your posterior chain. Let's move on, but, but let's move on. Shut your mouth. So that's in that's when not to engage, uh, you know, and then also that's where, um, I think, you know, Carl who's the other owner with me and Robbie and, and I, and we have, you know, this is where I back, I'm backing out of the room with that, you know, um, and, and moving in a certain direction, uh, because it's not, those conversations aren't there to be had, uh, you know, and also if you try to have those conversations, um, this is also another thing you're having this conversation in a public forum with somebody like that the um, hundred followers below are going to grab your ankles and try and yank you down, you know, you know, uh, it just be just for disagreeing just in general. Um, yeah. I don't know. A lot of, a lot of interesting stuff there. So. Well, what, uh, what's one of the D's inside of a religion, isn't it? Uh, descent, a couple of others are yeah. dog, dogma doctrine. Anyhow. Um, I don't know if descent would be one of them, but. Uh... Oh, okay. <laughs> you, I thought there was I thought Usually there was not. for heretics, uh, but I could be wrong. Oh, oh, okay. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe in that context, then yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. The I, I think one of the things that I wanted to uh, uh, pick on for your wording there is um, is do that's my question. My big question, I guess, is like, are we reconciling and quote unquote being current because? it's, it's too hard to, to educate. And, uh, you guys know where I'm going to land on that. Uh, it's very easy for me to sit behind a zoom screen and say the more virtuous aspect of the right way is the hard way and long conversation and, you know, uh, getting to this understanding, right. They come in, they're like intensity barbell squats on your board. And now you're sitting me down for 90 minutes being like campfires, you know, full flexion, sit down for a squat, but you know, they're like, there's a bait and switch going on here. Right. I, I'm, I kind of, uh, so what is this a fucking uh, mind growth area or am I coming in here for a sweat? Right. So I think this is, that's, I have, I have issues with that reconciliation and of current understanding. And my point would be, you have to change the belief on their reasoning for why they're doing fitness as a first step to get to even the conversation on what your point would be. Oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll play halvesies here, right? You, you don't understand about squatting and, but you do know that you see barbell bat squat. So we'll kind of meet middle road. And that's where I think I'm, I have a problem with the words on reconciling current cognitive capabilities. Um, and remember, this is all under the premise, back to your point, Robbie, that I believe of in the truth of like, what is the optimal expression of the squat for a lifetime, right? It's not connected to uh, getting bigger muscles or getting stronger. It may happen in the process, right? But that's not the intentions going in, right? The intentions going in would be some version of maintaining that hold position for a really long period of time without any issues and being able to repeat it. And it doesn't look anything like the current apparatus of the of the offerings of what a squat looks like. I know that may be too much for people to understand, but the concentric eccentric notion makes absolutely no sense, right? Uh, sorry, I shouldn't have even said that at the end because that can take a tangent, but. Yeah. No, it's, it's fine. I mean, so that that's where like, I, I think I, there are at least two potential counter arguments I wanna bring up that I, I genuinely wanna hear your thoughts on because mm -hmm. 
I'm curious about this with, with regard to the barbell back squat, but also other things. So yeah, how would we apply the exact same argument that we just outlined to books, writing, and reading? Um, not a natural human activity, not mm. necessary in any way, shape, or form for survival or reproduction, actively harmful to our eyes over a long period of time. Um, is it equally Orwellian to have people in like a library and not sharing oral traditions? Um, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people being bemoaning that at the time when, well, it obviously took place over a long period of time, the transfer from like oral traditions and oral learning and stuff like that to, yeah. you know, books and reading and writing. Um, I'm not quite sure I understand how much those two uh, differ. Is it just way more pluses to the one and fewer minuses and fewer pluses and more minuses? Like, let, let's start with that one first. And I'm curious yeah. your thoughts. I, I, I don't, uh, I probably need to have a better uh, less biased view of the uh, growth of language and how language has promulgated uh, societies and how we've grown tremendous amounts with speech and, and uh, writing since, uh, you know, a couple of years before uh, Jesus Christ's uh, birth, um, which would be a signature moment of like the growth of uh, speech and writing. So I, I don't have an answer to you to compare that particular area to it. Uh, Cause I'm just not, I'm not uh, strong enough in understanding that. And that's what I, I, mean, I, mean, I, I immediately have a bias that is like that, that idea that you had mentioned your first couple of statements. Um, I, I can't even get my, I can't even wrap my head around it. So therefore I can't even come in to say that it can, you know, in my mind, it can be used as another parallel example against my uh, idea of fitness. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, it's something I'm still thinking about too, but I think about like, yeah. So obviously the barbell back squat is maybe, you know, we could say, I don't even know, let's say a hundred, what is it? Roughly a hundred years old, let's say um, maybe a little bit longer. And, you know, obviously reading and writing uh, depending on how we want, you know, are we going with Gutenberg? Are we talking about the first instances of writing but are roughly coexistent with civilization? But if we take, you know, the human evolutionary time frame, it's it's quite short, really, really short mm -hmm. uh, is, is, is not necessary for survival and reproduction. So stuff like that makes me think, you know, I, I just wonder about is there an equal argument to be made there? And if so, yes, there is. That's what I was saying is that your comment, it's not necessary for reproduction and survival. Uh, but since the advent of that, there's been tremendous improvements in reproduction and survival and the growth of population. I can't connect it directly. That's what I'm saying. I'm not competent enough to understand. I can't directly connect it to those things. Uh, and, you know, what Jared Diamond speaks about highly, metallurgy, food production and language into political governance, right? Like, you know, it's like chicken or the egg thing, I guess we could talk about there for right. three or 4,000 years ago and how all those things came to be. But I would even, you know, un incompetently argue for that language and uh, reading and writing increasing the opportunity for human, uh, human growth. So I don't in, in, in certain ways, although the very same Jared Diamond is actually going to argue that civilization is the worst thing that's ever happened to humanity. So yes. there's, there's kind of that push, push <laughs> I, in the other direction too. So I like, wouldn't, uh, <laughs> I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater in that. Yeah, Got to yeah. be careful with that one. Yeah. Um, so the other, the other uh, counter argument that I'm just genuinely curious on is, um, so premise two, the barbell back squat being an unnatural movement. So in one sense, it's obviously true, right? So if we take for granted something like the following statement, if humans weren't engaged in this activity, I don't know, pick an arbitrary time period, 50,000 years ago, it's not natural. But then why assume that claim is true? Why are we cutting off natural with the barbell back squat? There are times where humans couldn't use fire or tools or throw a spear. Like 
what at what point was it natural? Is it well, ten thousand years ago with the advent of civilization, which took place at different points in time throughout the globe? Um, so that that's kind of what I wonder. There is like, why is the cutoff? Was it because it's just a hundred years ago? Like, do you, do you have any thoughts there on like what technology counts as natural or movements count as natural versus not there? Yeah. Um... The first thing that comes to mind is the, the example you had given of the timeline scenario, and it's probably a crisscross in this, you know, I'll use other people's words, but an evolutionary mismatch, right? So the, the growth of, you know, let's say a hundred years ago and what was happening at that time, we maybe a couple of years, a couple of hundred years ago, um, industry and the uh, technology, et cetera let's call it like a scientific age in a really global big change. Um, you know, we had, we had, we had probably not required to do as much, uh, squatting. Um, and therefore with that, like crisscross, not, it wasn't at the advent, Oh, there's a barbell bass squat. Let's stop all squatting. But it's just the advent of sedentary, uh, sedentarianism, if that's a word, uh, less pedestrianism, which less moving around with your feet, um, et cetera, um, that we probably didn't need to do this particular movement anymore. So I'm using your timeline saying, well, let's just stretch it out. There's been a million years where we had to squat. And then all of a sudden in the short timeline, not a lot whatsoever. And so now there's like this, that's why I would, I guess we would call it, if that's the right language, a newer technology in modernity would be the barbell back squat. Right. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not the same that what we were doing for that really long stretch prior to that, uh, increase. So I'm not sure if that. I, I think that helps to a certain degree, although you're not, let me just make sure you're not making the claim that people doing the barbell back squat precludes them doing the way we would naturally evolve, you know, move from an evolutionary perspective. People can still do that all they want. And there are lots of other factors like, nature of work and chairs yeah. and things yep. like that. Or, mm -hmm. I don't think the barbell back squat has been a material factor in people not engaging in that activity. Uh, I think it's been more of these other factors. It's, um, well, you make me, I'm going to, I'm going to put that one to the side. That's another interesting, <laughs> interesting point. I never really, no, that wasn't my intention though, of discussing that to preclude the back squat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you, got but, uh, but you know, having a barbell up on your back and you know, the, the campfire concept is like, not connecting yeah yeah and it's been, I mean, and the reason why i could have double clicked on the point you made robbie is like i mean there's got to be some argument in here for that particular uh, task showing up in our daily life for most humans like gosh you know if all of the uh, fitness equipment barbells included caused a increase in, in uh, procreation and longevity for humans, all of a sudden, would it now become uh, something that is, uh, you know, you consider should be part of the fitness routines? Oh, for sure. And there's a lot of people that think that's the case, but I just see it as a duct tape solution to a shitty lifestyle. And yeah. I, I do argue continually on the other end that I think that overexposure with an overzealous population of folks with the incorrect intentions pushing that is going to lead to more unhealthy people long term. So you're saying without gym equipment, if I just walk and pick up rocks every day, 
I can still get laid is what you're saying. (laughs) In the current, well, if you said, and I also have a particular app, then yeah, because I think there actually is a dating app for people who pick up rocks and, uh, and walk long walks today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's an Oklahoma farmers dating site. Yeah. So I mean, if it's if it's Oklahoma why is it farmers, why shouldn't there? Be? <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I think the uh, dating app uh, concept uh, froze Robbie. Oh, did it? Yeah. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, look at that. We'll take a pause. Or he's just like a. We'll do a commercial yeah. break, you know, live Maybe fell asleep. Let's, yeah. you know, while we're taking this uh, commercial break, um, <laughs> let's, brought let's, to you poke, by water. let's exactly, let's poke fun. No, I just wanted to take a second to poke fun at uh, a screen capture. We should have a Robbie because I'm gu- guaranteeing sometime around college. Um, actually, I shouldn't say that he got into uh, um, uh, a scenario that he was uh, half baked like that, but that, that's a half baked look right there oh yeah he's yeah. going to come back in anyhow do you want to spin on h2o being our sponsor today and all the benefits of uh of water brought to you by water yeah brought to you by water um you can't tastes, say yeti tastes like water so you got that going for you it's got a delicious watery taste oh um, that's pretty that's smooth heavy. going down mm-hmm. that's heavy i put oh some, man you uh, know what i put some trace minerals in my water this morning yeah. Yeah. That's, it just brought me right back around to how would I make a water commercial? And then I was like, Oh, there are water commercials. <laughs> there are people out there that need to make water really sexy because we're selling water. Or, yeah. yeah. What's the, what's the current going rate for the sale of water? It's a good cost, right? No idea. Mm. Yeah. I have no idea what that is. What else, the, what else with this broccoli? Is that the only other sponsor? Is that? Well, it'd be unfair to. uh... Hey, Robbie, welcome back. That's all right. Sorry, not sure what happened there. We just had a uh, product placement opportunity. Oh, great. A little commercial on water. Let's get right back at it. Um, I think where I, I, I'm not sure if you just wanted to go in that direction, but yeah, uh, you, you you mentioned Robbie other aspects of uh, technology and fitness, and if you wanted to go to other examples of it, unless you really feel that we've come to a, a conclusion on the way you eloquently took us through, this is how you set up the argument. This is the premise or to the conclusion. This is kind of you know if if you feel we're there on that, then um, I'd like to maybe take another spin of just just. Um, uh, to, uh, you know, ironically, a, a recent Learner X, that could be our sponsored product today, <laughs> a Learner X uh, um, yeah. uh, uh, educational thing that I did on uh, self-measurement, like, and it was called How Am I Doing? And it was the concept of current technological practices inside of fitness. Um, and it, it, it kind of, it didn't go specifically towards the one you had mentioned on the back squat, but, um, I'm ready to rock and roll if you wanted to go into that area or other areas of tech and fitness. Oh yeah. No, I mean, yeah. And I, I think, yeah, there, I, I would definitely be down to discuss that. I think there, 
two areas we could potentially discuss that I guess are related, one of which could potentially be more virtuous than the other, although maybe not. But like, to me, one one question is kind of the Ido Portal, MoveNet, kind of like, however you want to characterize it, should we all just be moving the way we were 50,000 years ago? Mm-hmm. And just full stop, get rid of barbells, get rid of kettlebells, like, that's all just, you know, sit around a campfire, don't pick up anything besides rocks, a barbell is folly. Um, that's that's one side of things that I think is an interesting discussion. And then I think the one that we probably have quite a bit more agreement on is like, you know, the whoop band and the aura and the different things like that. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm open to discussing any and all of that. So. Yeah. Or, or another angle. I, I would just, I was just letting you know that I'm kind of queued up and, and uh, you know, have discussed it. So uh, I just think that now that I have it written down there, I think it may take us into a, uh, a longer winded area. So can, well, I, so I guess on, can I ask one quick question that I think might change this discussion a little bit, but is very much of a piece with what we were just discussing. So mm-hmm. barbell back squat, let's just grant your point for a second and say, look, people weren't loading this up on their back and then squatting down with it, so on and so forth. Um, what about a barbell deadlift? Certainly people were picking stuff up. Yeah. This is just a loaded version of that where you have an easier grip mechanism. Um, thoughts on that and using yeah. technology to engage in that. Yeah. Remember the, um, remember I had tried to lay out the, uh, well, I, which I didn't, but the, the gyms, OPEX gyms talk and talking about maximal expression of the movement and like antiquity to modernity or, you know, a long time ago to current practices of it. Um, to, to, to get very quick on the answer, the deadlift with a barbell is still a modern form of technology used for picking something up off the ground, but it's, it's a lot closer. It's a lot closer to the original concept of picking up something heavy on the ground. And I think the barbell back squat is like four steps down for multiple different reasons. The kind of contraction getting the load from up top going down and then doing it and then standing back up with it. Um, you know, a couple of other things, but so the, the back squat would be over here. You can't see on my screen. It's just further away down the road than where the deadlift would be, you know, cause it's, it, it would, it'd be very simple. If, and this will maybe make the coaches kind of think about it a little bit is like, you know, you can get really damn close to a similar kind of maximal contraction dose response, all things being equal by picking up a real heavy stone and standing up with it to your waist. Right. So, so you see, that's, that's like, you know, and I'll just use the words word of the day. That's a little bit more primal, right? We're not even talking about the intentions of it. That's a little bit more primal. Right. And I would say that's not too far away from the current technology of a barbell and how it's set up. Um, And then you can get really super picky, right? Trap bar, dumbbell, pulleys, you know, that's interesting. That's an interesting conversation, but um, yeah, just for, just for the, and the reason why I like that argument on that continuum of differences is because people are so butthurt on the, the back squat one. I mean, just so much emotion inside the back squat. It's so much inside of that, right? It's like, gosh, deep stuff, deep six-year-old stuff. Yeah. Hmm. I'm, I'm I can, not butt hurt and I back squat all the time. I just, I, it's just it's something I'm genuinely curious about. I mean, yeah, no, and I didn't make mention that because I, I thought you were whatsoever. Yeah, I, I saw no flinches when I brought it up. I'm just genuinely, yeah, I'm just genuinely curious. Yeah, yeah. And hear the for the clack 
of the keyboards on the forums right now. <laughs> just people just like, did you hear what he said about back squats? Well, I'm not the I'm not the first, but I could also tell you what is an interesting part is that um, there's not even you know room for conversation if there's anywhere where there's dissent inside of fitness is is coming up with the, that particular disagreement, and that may go back to our original point. Robbie is like who is who is actually willing to come on stage and to talk about truths in evolutionary human movement about squatting before we even get started on the two hour conversation on squatting? I don't I don't know. I don't know how many there are out there who would be interested in that besides just the scientists coming in going, what are all these fucking fitness trainers doing here? I thought we were just talking about human movement. It's like, yeah, it's all one and the same, you know, now sit down. <laughs> um, actually, I do have a follow up going back to a point that you mentioned earlier. Um, soccer, basketball, diving, toe-in surfing, like, you know, none of those have anything to do with survival or reproduction. They are not natural human movements. I guess there's obviously a continuum depending on which sport you talk about, but um, are those all in the same bucket as the barbell backs? Like where, where would those fit? Cause I feel like any Olympic sport or any really sport in general, we're going to run into the same um, issues. So maybe, maybe we just say, yeah, we run into the same issues, but uh, w- would you agree there? Disagree there? I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah, I would disagree that they can all be lumped together as the same principles, you know. Right. Um, I think that uh, if I was just to put it into two buckets very easily, you know, uh, for me, easily for me is, um, you know, the uh, advent, the advantages of doing mechanical loading and longevity versus sustainable practices and longevity. And I'm putting the examples you came up with which remember when my girls and I played together, remember how I said we languages as being outdoors under the sun on grass, playing with a ball. Right. right? I didn't, you know, it's called soccer, you know, so it's um, you know, and that's why I said the audience is important, right. Who, what's the intentions, et cetera. So that when we're 22, we can all laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Remember that time we were just on grass, kicking a ball, how stupid that was, you know, uh, they're like, Oh, we're playing soccer, dad, you know, um, so I, I th- that play concept gets expressed um, in sporting situations today. Yes. Um, and uh, but I but I can't like create a whole bunch of parallels as being similar to to there. But because it's possibly sustainable and it's possibly um, let's call it, you know, I'm afraid to use these Rudolph LeBan words, but discovering human movement in the environment like personal space and navigation and understanding how you do go around if you create a game concept to that um, i could attach a whole bunch of positive variables to cognition and psychology etc and not once did i call it quote unquote a sport but if you do make it you know go into you're on a field two different teams the object is to get that ball in that net what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, it's soccer. Oh, now I get it. Uh, you see what I'm saying? I, I just drew yeah. out the intentions are all fucked up. And so therefore it's, it probably, that could be the similarity, Robbie, Robbie, is that if the intentions are not there, you know, depending upon the audience, of course, over time, we may end up in somewhat similar issued situations. And which ironically, I think, I'm not sure if you picked that for that reason, but I can come up with a host of more nefarious and really bad outcomes of the lack of proper intentions inside a play. 
that lead to more issues, you know, outside of the barbell back squat ever having like a safety problem for people mechanically over time, you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's helpful. And at least that leads to some distinguishing factors. And I totally agree that like, of course, it's going to depend on the sport. Of course, it depends on propensity for injury. Like even outside of an NBA context, like number one killer of old white dudes knees you know, <laughs> elsewhere, just like pick up basketball, right? Yeah. Like moving through space, like far more people have gotten injured from that than any barbell activity that I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. um, but then again, like weighing that against, like you were saying, like the virtues of moving through space and play. And yeah, so I mean, that that to me is a really interesting conversation. Like what factors do we use to determine whether a movement or a set of movements is like virtuous or not and how it connects to our evolutionary history. And yeah, that's yeah. helpful. Yeah, and I think I have a little bit of, a, of an answer inside the question you just asked. It's that which leads to your uh, ability to keep pushing against your relative potential for what we define as being really fit forever. So that's how we determine if it's virtuous, right? So, oh yeah, I play pickup with my buddies. How long have you been playing? Oh, for four, five years. So it's definitely sustainable. What happened last week? I pulled my Achilles. I ripped my Achilles, right? It's like, okay, you know, so what's the, what's the definition? The definition would be, it's not going to lead to a very quick entropy, you know, over a period of time. So I think there's a little bit of a definition inside of there as to how we can determine. Um, and this is our common problem we have in fitness, right? Is that time dictates a lot of things. Is, it, is this a compensatory issue, an adaptation, right? Of like current things, you know, you're like, you got, you know, I just, I don't know why humorous, but I just thought of the, the, uh, the older gentleman, because you said it, Robbie, the old midlife crisis, you know, I want to be that young athlete again, pop knee, right? It's like, you know, what were the intentions? Oh, I just wanted to be that young athlete again. That's fucked up, dude. Like you can't be, you know, so, but hey, to your point, Brandon, we got to reconcile, right? I mean, it's current. Mm -hmm. My buddies want to play. He wants to go yeah. play basketball. Let's do split squats to strengthen it. You know, this, you know, yeah. Yeah. I'm 60 and I want to do Spartan races. There's, you know, it, because they exist. I, I, I think we would all agree though. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Like I, I do want to make this clear, just anyone who's listening. I think we would all agree that not all ACR, uh, ACL tears, probably not even the majority are the results that like an old white dude in a pickup basketball game have to do with like, I want to be LeBron James. It's just like the mechanics of the sport. And that's, that's kind of what, I guess that's a little bit of what I'm getting at is like, with either the barbell back squat or just well, any, and the intentions. I mean, the, the, the intentions do matter. And of course, oh, if yeah. someone's trying to do that, but I'm saying like, yeah, no, like pivoting, like placing your foot and do you have good foot mechanics and stuff like that. But you know, in any, in any physical human movement, there's going to be the potential for injury. But I think there is this kind of like interesting discussion around like, you know, um, are barbells inherently more dangerous and more, more virtuous versus like these different, sports and what's the relative injury risk versus what you're getting cognitively and pushing your potential. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the points you brought up about how we might evaluate them, I think are, are helpful and, and worthwhile. Yeah. So I would just ask coaches to do that. Like what I call lower order to higher order versions of it, you know, and then come up with something, even if you don't even know if it's going to be true, right. Just come up with this, you know, take, take eight steps, you know, around what you're going to call the highest order virtuous concept of movement, you know, and then the lowest order, and then try to, you'll refine that over time and you'll see like where it fits into people. And then you'll get in the real world and recognize, 
you know, people have this, you know, that's the first thing I thought about is like the, the barbell back squat. And to use your words, Brandon, you're just going to have to reconcile with how people see the world, right? And people, people see the world as the back squat being like, you know, attributed to all these other things, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a hard, it's a hard, um, that's a hard, it's the hard way. It's, it's arduous and it's lengthy and it's going to take a lot for you to explain that continuum you came up with in your office to people, because all they see is like the, the barbell back squat as being the current technological version of that expression of that movement. And all the while back room, it's taken you 25 years to recognize that it's a, uh, it's quite possibly folly under context. Yeah. And also how people are interacting with the world, not just how they see it, but how do they interact with the world outside of fitness and outside of this? Like most of the white dudes playing pickup basketball uh, have bookended that on a Saturday with drinking on Friday on a Sunday and a stressful job and no movement outside of that. And then what do you think is going to happen when you get tossed the rock? <laughs> you, know? yeah. you go for a layup. Yeah. And then the movement from zero on up, they, you know, they've just, they're like, you know what, I'm going to start play or I played in high school and now I'm going to pick it up. And this is 15 years later. Right. Uh, you know, they've had that capacity for four years and now they they're off and now they're back into it. And that's, that's when their ACL. Yeah. Kicks out. Yep. Yep. Good points. Um, do you guys have any final thoughts on disagreement? Uh, no, uh, I was looking at the list of uh, the the ways we could have gone about um, <laughs> agreeing on the topic being expressed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we wanted to, you know, say, are there actual ones? Um, what what are we to do about resolution? We, we didn't get to that answer, but we discussed about the resolution of it. Um, you know, are there current disagreements? We went through one or two as an example, which hopefully people pulled out, you know, some principles that you can use inside that one example, right? I hope, hope it, hope it doesn't, this doesn't turn into like an evergreen episode that comes back to haunt us, you know, in 10 years on whatever version of his Twitter in 2031, like 2021, he said back squats are folly. You know, it's like, um, this is not what the episode was about. <laughs> it was about, you know, you know, taking this point, right? Is this, is this actually a disagreement, right? Is back squat folly or high bar is a barbell back squat folly. Um, so I hope people got that. And I think that's uh, to summarize, I think that's what we uh, tried to do. And, I feel better because uh, we didn't finish the last one with what I felt was like some particular examples of that or a way of going about navigating it. So I appreciate that. And I think we got a lot more in there too, that we probably have to delve into. No, I agree. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, in case anyone thought this episode should have been named the Barbara back squat, that was not meant to be the point of it. <laughs> yeah. It was to talk about how you would engage in disagreement. And I think through that, actually, we got like, there were a lot of things that we touched on, like, what does folly actually mean? Like, how do we even characterize that and just back and forth about what does that mean? And then the role of technology more broadly and what is a fitness intellectual and just these interesting disagreements and, uh, or just discussions that I think were good examples of like, how would one even engage in a disagreement or discussion? And then what, you know, 
I, I think to me, this episode was a very good example of like volley something over the net, hear it back, do it in a respectful fashion and like learn something in the process. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. To me, that concept is this beautiful pearl. It's just this beautiful pearl. And then everything else that exists in the world right now is a giant sea monster that just swallows it up, right? Like it's just like this, 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 oh, look at this amazing way to have an in-person virtuous disagreement and then shut up. <laughs> like, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 There's gotta be some meme for that. Like some happy little bird on shore and an alligator just comes and like, yeah. Rips them yeah. apart. The Batman slap one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good one too. All right, guys. Well, that is officially going to be it for today on, uh, I think, Disagreement Part 3 in fitness. Uh, awesome. Thank you, James. And thank you, Brandon. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys yeah. next time. Okay. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye.